Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. You know, the idea of a modern-day hero is portrayed on the big screen like superheroes dressed in costumes and capes. Or maybe you read stories and you think about the heroes that rescue others, love people, and share radical grace. We're actually talking about the soul of a hero with Stephen Arterburn today at SOS Radio. How are you? I'm really good. And a great start there on superhero because this is a book. It's the last book that I wrote with Dr. Dave Stoop. He passed away March the 10th. And tomorrow I'll leave and do his uh, memorial service for him, the public service there in Newport Beach. But he was a superhero to me because he was always there and he was always present. And he was the guy that I, um, well, we were best friends 40 years. Oh, and damn. he, when he died, he died with all my secrets. And uh, <laughs> I got to find another one to be like that. But, you know, to be a superhero to kids, all you got to do is be there, really, to be present. Uh, to be a superhero for somebody in prison is go visit them. And yeah. you know, so it's, it's really much easier than even having to buy a cape to be a superhero because, you know, they're pretty rare. It's interesting when you hear about the idea of a hero. You think about like someone who's doing rescue. A lot of times the heroes themselves are the ones that found rescue, and that's why they want to pay that forward. That's why they feel changed. Oh, it's so true. You know, we we have a workshop called Every Man's Battle, and Fred Stoker and I wrote the book Every Man's Battle. And it's so really crazy to see a guy go from shame, he's looking at dirty pictures, you know, he's like a little boy. Uh, and his wife's like his mother, trying to not get caught looking at dirty pictures. And he goes from that dynamic to six months, a year later, he's paying for guys to get help, or he's doing a support group in his church for every man's battle. And he goes from being this sinful, shameful thing to being a hero to people because he's saying, I had this and I've done something about it. He's bringing other people along with him. And that's what God does. You know, we think, oh, uh, I'm, I'm disqualified now. Uh, God can't use me. And if that's the way you feel, if you're walking around as a man in shame, please don't. Let me tell you, my wife and I, she is for Tyndall House Publishers. She's working on the one-year Bible for women. And uh, I have just completed the one-year Bible for men, which is 37,700 words of commentary. Well, if you know the one-year Bible thing, when you go to a day in it, there's an Old Testament, and a New Testament, a Psalm, and a Proverb. That's what you do every day, and you get through it in 365 days. So in February, I open up, and in the Old Testament, the priest, the high priest that God chose, Aaron, was worshiping a golden calf. Not a good thing if you're the high priest picked by God. And then I go to the New Testament, and the passage that day is Peter denying that he ever knew Jesus. So head of the uh, temple, high priest, head of the new church, Peter, the rock, both of them, absolute failure. Now, here's the question. When you read the rest of the story, do you see God or Jesus saying, okay, well, you've blown it. I am now withdrawing my calling. We're done. No, they're restored and they're right back in there. And I think there are a lot of guys that think, oh, yeah, I could have been something great or wonderful for the kingdom of God. But now, hey, listen, maybe those mistakes. 
mistakes have qualified you to truly be a hero to a lot of people that have made mistakes also. But don't think that God's taken your calling away. I think it's still there. And it's interesting, too, because he calls us a prophet, a priest, and a king. You know, as you dig into guys and the calling that Jesus gives us to to grow into, where do you see that playing out? Well, first of all, there's some people that have a prophetic gift. I mean, and what that is, of course, is preaching the truth, God's word. And But there are a lot of people that don't have that. And I would say this is more the, the priest role, where you, you really know how to listen, which is rare that a guy can be present and really listen. But once you do, you know, I, my wife, I mean, I'm known as bullet point man. You just give me the bullet points, the bottom line, the top line, what's on the line, I'm done. She has this whole you know, prelude to what she's saying, bills of the climax, and then resolution, all this. Well, you know, I didn't do too well with that. But I went to a counselor and he said something brilliant. Hey, quit it. (laughs) Quit, (laughs) Quit thinking about this other stuff. Focus on what she's saying. And, you know, I went from thinking that the devil was in the details to really the delight. My wife's heart was in the details. And so then I could focus and I could listen to it. And so we really have to decide it's important for us to be a listener and a counselor. You don't have to have wise things to say. You just have to be there and you have to acknowledge the struggle a person's having. And that right there takes so much of the power out of whatever it is uh, that's been controlling their lives. Father's Day is coming up, and I know we celebrate all these amazing dads, and we talk about the busyness of the crazy life that we have from work to our spiritual life to our family life. But let's be honest, for a lot of people that are listening, their dad wasn't there or their dad wasn't the greatest role model. And, you know, for those of us listening, this should challenge us to say, what can we do as men to step up? You know, we talked about, like, the role of having mentors. We talk about, like, heroes who are often the ones that are saved themselves that want to step in and, you know, share that soul for others. But when we think about, like, what it means to be a spiritual leader in this crazy year, in this modern age where truth to a lot of people, they just blame it on emotion and they don't take truth going back to the Bible. What's your challenge for dads to really step up so that they can lead when they feel like, I'm not resourced to do it, but I'm just going to try anyway? First, if you want to step up as a dad, maybe it's time to humble down first. Because I don't know what your vision of leadership is. I don't like this term, servant leadership. It sounds like I'm the leader, and if I choose to serve you, I will, you know, lower myself and be the servant, and you will honor me. Let me tell you what servant leadership, well, I think rather than servant leadership, what I think Jesus modeled and asked us to do was die to yourself servanthood. And when you die to yourself in service to your family, all of a sudden you're a leader. Here's what I think a spiritual leader is. Is it the guy that stands up in the living room to his five kids and gives a five-minute dissertation that he read five minutes before? Is that spiritual leadership? How about this? (laughs) How about this one? Rather than that, which makes you the big shot again, how about you're the first to say you're sorry? Oh, that's spiritual. How about you're the first up in the morning to pray? 
you're the first to open up your Bible, not your phone, open up your Bible and model, not being on your phone, but being in a real life Bible, focusing on God's word. How about as a spiritual leader, you're the one that says, well, I'd really like to go play some golf today, but you know what? I'm just not going to do what I want to do there. What I want to do is I want to be with you guys and I want to do what makes the most impact on our lives. So I'm staying here. I'm doing this. We're going to go have some fun. I'm not going to be part of that foursome that I am every Saturday. That is spiritual leadership. If you're thinking you got to be some kind of uh, Billy Graham or something like that, I don't know what the image would be. You don't. You just need to be there and be on purpose and intentional and show people what it's like to be more spiritual than physical or mental or emotional. Now, Stephen Arterburn has a new book. It's called The Soul of a Hero. And we're talking about becoming a man of strength and that purpose that you were essentially created to be. And Stephen, I think a lot of guys today, you're conditioned because you work in a business world to think a certain way. And then you kind of compartmentalize your family life and your marriage separate from what you do for, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. But when it comes to really digging into the strength and the purpose that God created you with, what was the heart that you really wanted to share? Well, I think we are compartmentalizing people, you know, and the job of every adolescent, and we don't do it very well, so we end up not having done it in male adulthood, but is to integrate every part of yourself into a healthy whole person. You know, you're you're trying to integrate your spiritual life into work. You don't go to church and then you're abusive to employees during the week. That's not, okay. But when you integrate that, then you're a a spiritual guy as well as a business leader over there at work. Well, the other thing that's really tough to integrate together is a healthy sexuality. And what we end up doing is we try to integrate everything. Then we got this little nasty little shameful box called male sexuality. And we just do all sorts of stuff over there that isn't part of this over here. So never too late for you to become a whole healthy male by integrating all of that together. So you have to be a person of integrity. And when you can't do it, here's the thing. Get some help. You're not mentally ill because you go see a counselor. I see a counselor every week. And some people say, go twice a week. But no, I, but I, I believe in counseling. And it's helpful. And it is kind of a paid mentor to me, but I I need somebody to help me go deeper. And just this week, I was talking about how my wife ruined this bike ride with the five of us, you know, me and the kids and her, because she was talking about, oh, you know, don't get out in the traffic and all this kind of stuff. And, and you know, which she could have just kind of let that go and because uh, nobody was going to die and just deal with it later. But my counselor said to me, well, you're talking about how you're wife ruined the bike ride. But how did you ruin the bike ride? Because you can't do anything about her. What did you do or not do that ruined that bike ride? (laughs) I go, okay, way to go. He earned his money. Because see, I had this idealized view that all five of us could have a great bike ride. If my wife's on a bike ride, she's going to be worried about the kids getting killed. (laughs) So so maybe I should have just gone on a bike ride. (laughs) Or, you know, maybe I should have said to the kids before the bike ride, Hey, listen, 
your mom's really sensitive when you're like in the middle of the road and a truck's coming. Could you just stay over on the sidewalk? So, you know, when you start looking at yourself and dealing with yourself and not using the word you and, and just talking about yourself, what can you do, it really helps you grow. And if you can't do that by yourself, you might want to think about doing what I do, and that is getting a counselor to help you do it. We're talking with Stephen Arterburn today at Esquist Radio, and you might recognize some of his books like Every Man's Battle and The Soul of a Hero. And I'll tell you what, it, it's interesting because like we think about like where we are in you know, Father's Day week, we're like, okay, I'm falling short in so many areas as a husband, as a dad. You think about all the things you wish you could do, you wish you had more time. You think about all the places where you know your energy just isn't there because it's sucked out of the workday. But for the guys who are in a stale place, of life. They just feel like they're going through the motions and they sort of feel purposeless. What's the first step to breaking out of that rut, Stephen? Well, the first thing is to admit that you've done a lot of research and in and of yourself, you are not able to pull yourself up or to get yourself out of this stuck place. So that's the first thing. I can't do this. All right. And then you need to talk to somebody and admit it out loud. I cannot do this. And then you ask for some help. You know, really, I think all spirituality, true Christian spirituality, begins with the word help. Help me, Lord, do what I cannot do. And that that doesn't mean, okay, I'm waiting for that miracle I asked for. No, the miracle's not going to come. The miracle is going to be you're going to transform over time by following God's truth and getting the support from brothers, mentors, whomever, a support group, an addiction group, life recovery, AA, whatever, to do what needs to be done. But trying harder just makes trying harder. It's kind of a new age thing I picked up on, but you know, where you repeat the same thing, that's what they do. But anyway, in this case, it really is, it's true. And so, When you quit doing that and you say, okay, wow, maybe I ought to try something new, like actually thinking I don't have all the answers and somebody else could help me. To me, that's how you get out of that place of stagnation, stuck, whatever it is. Friendships have been so strange over this last year, but it's not just for kids. It's how you make friends as an adult. You know, I was talking to my kids that are both in middle school and one's about to start middle school and one's early in middle school from last year. It's just like, okay, meet new people. Then the pandemic hit. You're doing a lot of stuff online. Now you're back in school and you're like, I don't really feel like I have a whole lot of friends. Our kids struggle with that and reaching out and looking at someone eye to eye and reaching out their hands. Hey, hey, how you doing? I'm Scott. Hey, where did you go to school? Where are you from? You know, and asking questions and try to talk to my kids about that. Try to explain to my kids, this is how you do that. And they say, dad, that's, that's not how friendships work anymore. And I think a lot of us as guys do the exact same thing. It's like, how do you make friends and cultivate relationships when you feel like you're so busy or you've got a lot of other responsibilities? It takes effort to cultivate friendships as a guy, but it's important to do. I hate to use this analogy, but it's kind of like dating. You know, you say to a guy that you know or meet or whatever, hey, how about some having some coffee? How about we go to Starbucks tomorrow or something like that and just visit? If you're in a men's Bible study, then you're probably going to find a pretty quality guy there to just say, hey, you got any time after this? So you just throw it out there and you do that until somebody takes you up on the offer. And maybe that's the beginning 
of a real friendship. Another thing to do is start a group. You know, you say a guy that you know, or you tell the pastor, I'd like to start a group with a couple other guys. Know anybody that'd be good? Want to be in that group? How about you? You want to be in that group? And that group becomes kind of the core that then leads you to some other uh, really great friendships. But here's what will not help doing the same stuff over and over again in the same places with the same people. Maybe it's time you took a class, learned a new hobby, volunteered where other quality guys are serving and volunteering. Maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe it's, it's a recovery group, a support group, but go and you get where other men are. And then you seek out one of those guys and say, how about a coffee? And then maybe that results in a friendship that lasts forever. Maybe you like to go play golf or you like to go out on the boat or go fishing. It's just like grab someone from church or form one of these groups and just invite them to go with you. And eventually somebody's going to say yes. And then you might realize, hey, this person's really cool. But you have a purpose. You have something you're doing. It's not just like my kids and I were going to this trampoline park on Tuesday. You, you want to go with us and bring your kids? And then you guys start talking and you realize, hey, you know. We can do this again sometime. You want to watch a Golden Knights game? <laughs> kind of come over. We're having some people over. You know, we'll be watching it. Bring some food. I think you're talking about the uh, radical concept of sharing what you have. And <laughs> and if you pay too much for the boat rather than tithe the money, then maybe you can feel better about it by sharing it and asking <laughs> a couple of guys to come join you. So that's one solution right there. We're talking with Stephen Arterburn today at SMS Radio. We're talking about purpose. And as guys, we know we were created for something, but we just sort of get bogged down into mortgages and car payments and work hours and whatever responsibility the world puts on us. But, you know, God calls us to be men of purpose. Like, God gives us strength. He gives us gifts and talents. And, Stephen, when you feel like you've just kind of, like, sanded all the edges off and you don't feel like there's a lot of passion anymore, what's the best way to even start to reignite that? I think you need to watch a program on cable TV called Flea Market Flip. Okay. Have you ever seen it? I haven't seen that one. Okay. So they have teams that are competing and they go to a flea market and they find junk and then they go back and with some help of some people like master craftsmen, that's a, an analogy to God, they create this stuff. Some of it will sell for a thousand dollars and they bought it for 10 because they repurposed it is what they call it. Well, how about repurposing your life? How about allowing God to repurpose your life? So you don't like the way things are, you're dead, you're, you've done it all. Okay. How could you take all the scraps there and repurpose that and find some true meaning and a new way of doing things that you've never, ever done before? Take a risk and learn some new stuff. But to me, it's repurposing is a great, great word that I learned from flea market flip. And I would recommend that to any person to just see junk can become great things of value. And I've got to tell you something, that is what God has done for me. I've made so many mistakes. In fact, I've got a guy that supports new life because he says, if God could use Steve, he could use anybody. So I'm just going <laughs> to support this ministry that is there because God is using a guy that has really messed up a lot over a lifetime. We're talking with Stephen Arterburn today at SWS Radio, and he has a new book called The Soul of a Hero. It's becoming the man of strength and purpose that you were created to be. Anything else you want to say about it, Stephen? Well, I, I just believe that if you take a minute and look at 
the reason that you may not be functioning as a hero. And we write about this in the book. Uh, it could be because of a father wound that has never, ever been resolved. And Dave Stoop talks about this, especially from his perspective. And I just think this book could really help you uh, with that father wound or any other wound. Also, a lot of guys have jobs and they don't feel very important. And so rather than go home and create a wonderful home life, they go home and they're like a tyrant or a dictator because they're not in charge of anything at work. They want to be at home. It doesn't have to be that way. And I think this book will help you uh, to be the hero at home, not the heel, which is really easy to do. But we've got seven different uh, concepts for what a real hero's soul possesses. And if you need a copy, you can call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Or it's on Amazon everywhere. And it's Soul of a Hero, the last book that I wrote with Dr. David Stewart. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio Podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.